Hey guys, Pastor David here. Uh, welcome to Victory Church. We're excited that you have uh, found us, that you're joining us today. We're a community of authentic, spirit-led Christ followers transformed to walk in victory. That is our vision here at Victory Church, and that is what we're praying will become a reality for us as a church here at Victory. So I'm glad that you guys found us. I'm glad that you're joining us today, and we're excited about kicking off this sermon. Thank you so much, uh, praise team. I think we ought to give them a hand, let them know how much we appreciated them because they put a lot of work into it, a lot more than you ever will know, and, and they're not in it for praise, so they don't want the applause, but we need to affirm each other sometimes in love. All the praise goes to God because he's the one that gives us the ability to do whatever it is we do when we serve him, but I think we should affirm people when they're faithfully serving God. Well, it's good to be back with you. And uh, it's been a while since I've preached here, and I've missed you, but I'm, I'm glad to be back. I heard a story about three preachers that went on a fishing trip. They went out on a boat on the lake and went fishing, and they'd just gotten there, and then one of the preachers realized he'd forgotten something. And so rather than ask all the others to go take the boat all the way back to the shore, he just decided he was going to hop out the, of the boat and walk across the water and go on back to the shore. And that's exactly what he did. He stepped out of the water, and he just walked right across the water. This, of course, is not a true story, but we can pretend it is. And he walks to the shore, and he comes back with what he'd forgotten. About the time he got back, uh, the second, uh, one of the other preachers realized he'd forgotten something. So again, he didn't want to make everybody go back to the shore, so he steps out of the boat, walks on the water, and walks all the way back to the shore, gets what he'd forgotten, brought it back to the boat, and he sat there. Now the third preacher is kind of in awe of all this, and he's thinking to himself, self, I don't want these other preachers to show me up for their strong faith. I'm going to have to make up something I forgot and then um, step out here on this water. And so he said, well, I forgot something too, and he steps out of the boat and plunk, Straight to the bottom he goes. Well, they pull him up, and he's gasping for air. They get him back in the boat. And one of the other two preachers said to the other one, he said, you think we ought to tell him where the stumps are? <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but I can relate to that third preacher. There's been times in my life when my faith was not what it needed to be or situations were such that it seemed as if the world was swallowing me up and I was just headed down, not where I needed to be, not where I wanted to be at all. Peter, the apostle Peter, can certainly relate to that untrue story because of a true story that happened to him, a familiar story. We find it recorded in the gospel of Matthew chapter 14. I invite you to turn there with me or look, I think it'll be up on the screen. Matthew chapter 14, and we'll begin together in verse 22, a very familiar story of Jesus walking on the water and Peter's response to that. Matthew 14, beginning in verse 22, it says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the shore. And it was buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Now, during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the water. 
When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why? Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped Jesus, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Again, we can relate to this story to some extent in our own lives, in our own struggles, because as the ad for an insurance company says, life comes at you fast, and sometimes we find ourselves surrounded by the things of the world and caught up in them and sinking And it's so good to know that we have a God that no matter what we go through is there for us. No matter what we face, God has everything under control. And we can absolutely know that. Nothing catches God unaware or unprepared. Even if we can't see it always, we can always know that by faith. The title of my message this morning is Facing difficult days, because we always do. Sometimes in life, all of us do. Not to do always do, but we all do. At times in life, things come at us. Often, we didn't expect it. Now, let's be honest. Some of it is self-inflicted. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy, and we cause our own problems. But sometimes we're just minding our own business, and life all of a sudden, bam, it comes at us. What happened? And we're caught unaware, and we don't know. We lose our equilibrium. We don't really know how to deal with it. We're like that preacher that's sinking. We're like Peter who's drowning. And we need God's help. The good news is from this passage, and we can reach into God's Word and draw truth out. We can allow the Spirit of God to apply it to our lives and change us. We can face difficult days no matter what because we can know these truths. Jesus is always with you. He is bigger than all of your problems, and he will never lead you where his grace will not sustain you. Before we talk more about his word, let's talk to him. Heavenly Father, we bow before you. And we acknowledge that we don't understand your word apart from your spirit. We acknowledge that we cannot live this Christian life apart from your spirit, your power, and your grace. These problems that overwhelm us are bigger than us, but we thank you. They're not bigger than you. And Father... I know there perhaps are people sitting in this room right now that are struggling with different problems of life, and maybe they feel like Peter as he's falling in fear of drowning and being overwhelmed. 
But let them learn from this story how you're right there to bring us up. How we can count on you. How we don't have to just depend on our own strength. How you're there for us. And you love us no matter what. We thank you, God. So teach us today from your word. You be the preacher. Move me aside. And let your spirit speak to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Facing difficult days. First of all, we can face difficult days because we can know that Jesus is always with us. You can know that Jesus is always with you. He promised that he would be. And Jesus, unlike us, he always keeps his promises. The Bible tells us in this passage in verse 25, it was during the fourth watch. Now, the fourth watch is between 3 and 6 a.m., so it's the darkest part of the day. The old saying is always darkest before the dawn. It's been the longest time since there's been light, and so it's extremely dark. And there they are. That can be a scary time of night, especially if a major storm comes up, as it did. And in Mark's account, in Mark chapter 6, it tells us that Jesus saw them straining against the oars. They were trying to row, but it was so hard. And these are strong, strong muscular men who'd been used to this all their lives. And yet they were just straining just to keep the boat afloat because the wind and the waves were so strong. And in Matthew 28, verse 30, the Bible says, Jesus said, I am with you always. No matter what, no matter the storm, no matter the problem. Now, there they were, which is pretty much human nature. As a problem comes, we try to solve it ourselves. There they are straining at the oars as best they can in their own strength, in their own wisdom. Here's how I can fix my problem. That is our immediate knee-jerk reaction most of the time, let's be honest, even as believers in Christ. Those of you who've heard me preach before, maybe you've heard me say this. The dumbest prayer we could ever pray is, God, I'll let you know if I need you. That's the dumbest prayer we could ever pray. Because as the hymn says, I need you every hour. And sometimes we only call on God when we get to the end of our own resources, when we should have been calling on God from the very beginning to access his strength through us. I can do all things through Christ, not that I can do all things through Chuck. And to the extent that I've tried in my life to do all things through Chuck, it is to that extent that I've failed and usually miserably. And too often heard people along the way, to be really painfully honest. But I've learned that I can do all things through Christ, and so can you. And the promise of God, of his presence, I am with you always. As he says in verse 27, don't be afraid. He shows up. In the middle of the storm, he shows up. He's there. He's always there. Even when we don't acknowledge him, don't be afraid. Or it could be translated, stop being afraid, because we are often afraid. And I'll be honest with you. If you, are, you and I are choosing to face our problems on our own, we have reason to be afraid. If I'm going to try to solve my problems by myself, I should be afraid <laughs> because I can't do it. 
I need him. And he's there. His promise is, it is I. Can you imagine the comfort that must have come when they recognized the voice of Jesus? They didn't know what this shadowy figure was. It was frightening. The storm is, is quite an amazing storm, and they're afraid for their lives. It's me. I'm here. Comfort from God's presence, and there's no reason to be afraid because he is with us. He is saying to them, not only I'm here, but I'm in control, and it's okay, and you can be at peace. We can know that. Well, Peter believed that for a while. As he looked to Jesus, everything was fine. He took his eyes off Jesus, as you know, and he began to look at the waves and the wind, and he's thinking to himself, man can't walk on water, and he's right, man can't walk on water by himself, but looking to Jesus, he could, and he freaked out. He starts focusing on the problem, and whatever you focus on, you magnify in your mind, and the problem got bigger and bigger, as it will for us when we're focusing on the problem instead of on Jesus. And he sank. But what did Jesus do? Immediately, he reaches out his hand. So even when we fail him, he won't fail us. He doesn't leave us when we mess up. Let me tell you something. When do you need him the most? When you're walking close to him or when you just failed him? We know the answer to that question. But we often in our shame run away from him because we don't think we're worthy of him. Newsflash, we weren't worthy of him ever. Not when we were walking with him either. His love is not conditional upon our obedience and our faithfulness. He just loves us because he chooses to love us, and he's there for us, and he will never leave us. He asked the question, though, why did you doubt? He wasn't asking for himself or for information. He already knew. He was asking so Peter would take an honest look at himself. Why'd you doubt me, Peter? Have I ever given you reason, Peter, to doubt me? Have I ever not been there for you, Peter? And we can put our name in that question, can't we? Why'd you doubt? Have I ever not been there for you? Has there ever been a time he wasn't? There were times we didn't see him, we didn't recognize him, we didn't acknowledge him. But he's always there. The word translated doubt actually literally means double stand. It's like someone's got one foot here and one foot here. And sometimes we can have one foot in the world and one foot over here in the church. We can trust God to some extent, but not to another. And Peter was straddling. We often do that. In James 1.6, the Bible says, He who doubts is like a wave that's blown and tossed by the wind. You see, this word doubt means to be pulled in two directions. You felt that way before. So have I. We're pulled. But we can trust him. Because he's always been there for us. If we had time this morning, we could just go across the room and let people stand up and share testimony of how Jesus was there for me when. Oh, my goodness. There's a lot of times he was there for you when. A lot of times when he showed up just when you needed him the most, when you knew you were the most unworthy, he didn't give up, he didn't abandon you, he didn't leave you, he was there for you. 
And you can absolutely know that. He was there at the Red Sea when the Egyptian army was coming, and they were toast. He was there. Didn't look like it was going to end well, but it did. He was there in the fiery furnace. That didn't look good either. What are the chances? What are the betting odds of them making it out? Not very good, right? Didn't look like it would end well, but it did. He was there in the lion's den, right there with Daniel. He shut the mouth of the lion. On and on we can go, but more important than just the stories, true stories of the Scripture, of the stories of our lives, that Jesus has been there for you. And I want to challenge you to remember those times because that will give you faith to trust him in the future. The same God that has done it for you in the past is alive and well to do it for you in the future. For you as an individual, for you as a congregation, God wants to bless this church and make her what he wants her to be. God's always been faithful to be there. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm with you always. Know that it's true for you. This is a promise for you. You can face difficult days because you can know that Jesus is always with you. But there's more than that. We can face the challenges and difficult days that come because we can know that Jesus is bigger than our problems. Now, he's not just bigger than one of your problems. That's true. I'm here to tell you he's bigger than all your problems added together. And even further than that, he's bigger than all our problems, all of them collectively, all of the problems of all of the world. He's still bigger. They don't shake him. They don't bother him. Here they were, in verse 24, a considerable distance from the shore. They were too far away to just jump in the water and swim back. They would drown. Humanly impossible situation. The storm is about to turn them over, and they will drown. They can't get out of it by themselves. Can you relate? Here's a situation that comes on you, and it's like, I can't solve this problem. That certainly was true at the Red Sea, wasn't it? I know there's been times in many of your lives that that was true. This is going to take a miracle. Is God still a God of miracles? Absolutely is. And they were buffeted by the winds and the waves. This word is used in, Mar in, in uh, Matthew 8 to refer to torture. It's also referred to, used in one of the Gospels as to torment. Sometimes life can feel that way. I worked with hospice for several years, and I saw people struggling. It doesn't have to be a terminal illness, but I saw that up close and personal. Sometimes life can be torment. There are times that come that are like that, that are overwhelming, that are bigger than us, but they are never ever bigger than God. Here are these strong, macho fishermen. They cry out in fear like a little child. Screamed in terror is basically what it means. They thought it was a ghost. Their mind was playing tricks on them in the middle of the night. You know, it's four or five in the morning. They're exhausted. They're out there trying to, to row, and it, the wind's coming, and they can't even keep it afloat. And now there's shadowy, shadowy figures coming out. They're scared to death. This is bigger than us. We're dead. They cried out like a child when they saw the wind. Peter, he took his eyes off Jesus. He focused on the wind. 
and on the waves, and that's when he began to sink. Now, I've been through different types of storms in my life. I've been through a hurricane. I've been through floods. And When David was born, I'm David's dad, for those of you who don't know, the pastor's dad. I'm the preacher daddy, I guess we can call me that. Just made that up. The day he was born, there were 100-mile-an-hour winds in Fort Worth, Texas, where he was born. I was in seminary at Southwestern Baptist Seminary, and he was born just after midnight. Later that morning, there were 100-mile-an-hour winds that came across, knocked trees down everywhere. And there was a tree in our backyard that was, up, that was embedded in concrete, and it was uprooted and fell and just barely missed the house. I mean, and it just destroyed trees all over the place and a lot of property. I saw a big, one of those big dumpsters that just had been moved several yards across the road. Things like that. It was kind of scary. Um, went through a flood in 93 when I lived in Missouri. I was pastoring there, lived in a little town on the Missouri River. We saw houses floating down the river, literally, parts of them, roofs and different things, and you thought, Wow, how did that happen? Those storms are powerful. They can be devastating. And so can life storms. Sometimes life is painful. Sometimes it brings confusion or the depths of loneliness. It can be cruel. It can be frightening. And we want to cry out in pain or fear or doubt just like the disciples did. But we can remember Jesus is Lord. He's Lord of all. He's in control so we can rest. We're okay because he's got it. This is bigger than us, and it's wise to acknowledge that. But it is not bigger than my God. And we remember that, and that's what gives us faith to keep on going. Storms are no match for my Jesus. Hear him as he says, it is I, stop being afraid, like a little kid who's being bullied by some people at, on the playground, and they're picking on him, and they're, they're about to beat him up. All of a sudden, that little kid's big brother shows up, and all those other kids just run away. Well, big brother Jesus is there, and he's bigger than all our problems. He speaks to the wind. And in another account in the Gospels, he spoke to a storm, and it literally said, put a muzzle on. <laughs> That's what he said to the wind and the waves, and it stopped. He can speak peace and calm, and he can speak it to our lives. Yes, this is bigger than me, but it is not bigger than Jesus. So what have we said so far? We've said we can face difficult days no matter what comes our head. We don't have to be afraid of the future. Jesus is already there, right? And he's bigger than anything. What have we said? We've said that he is there with us. He's bigger than all our problems. But the last truth that I want to mention to you this morning is we can face difficult days because he will never lead us where his grace will not sustain us. Wherever he calls you to go, whatever he calls you to do, whatever he calls for this church to become, we don't have to fear his will. We need to fear getting out of his will, but we don't need to fear what he tells us to do. We can do that because his grace is sufficient. He will never lead us where his grace will not sustain us. 
And we can absolutely know that. Notice in verse 22, he made them get in the boat. So they were in the will of God. Jesus said, get in the boat and go. So here comes a storm. You see, some people think, you know, health, wealth, prosperity, gospel preachers will preach that if you, if you just surrender to Christ, nothing but good things will happen to you. That's just not true. I mean, read the Bible. <laughs> Look at real life. Hello? You know, earth to the church here. Hello? That's not true. They were perfectly in the will of God exactly where he told them to be, and, he, and yet the storm came. Now, it is true, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes we, some of our problems are self-imposed by our own sinfulness, by our own stupidity. That is true. Or we can make things worse by our own sinful reaction to it. But things can happen. We can just be rocking along, doing what we're supposed to do, and bam, here comes a problem. That's what happened to them. They were where God told them to be, and here comes a problem. That didn't mean they were outside of the will of God. Understand that. Sometimes... Life is painful, isn't it? So Peter, when he saw Jesus and recognized it wasn't a ghost, but it was him, in verse 20, 28, he says, if it's you, tell me to come on and walk on the water too, basically. And when he says if, he, he's not doubting Jesus. This construction grammatically in the original language actually says, if it's you and I know it's you, because it's you. He's not even doubting. Because it's you, Jesus, why don't you let me do it too? He's, he's asking Jesus to challenge him. Call me out. Call me out of my comfort zone. Isn't that what Peter's saying here? Have you ever said that? <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. That's not an easy thing to say. Most of me, I'm saying, Jesus, keep me right here in my comfort zone. I like it here. You know, I'm comfortable here. Peter's saying, call me outside. Help, call me to step out of my comfort zone and onto the water. Out of the, I'm used to the boat. Call me out of my comfort zone. How could he say that? Even though he doubted him, Peter understood that, that Jesus is never going to call him where his grace would not sustain him. He was beginning to understand that. He still struggled with his faith as we do. Call me out of my comfort zone. So Jesus said, come. And Peter did. He walked on the water. He literally walked on the water. He's looking at Jesus. Everything's fine. Then he starts thinking about the waves. He's feeling it, looking at it. And he's saying to himself, self, man can't walk on water. And he starts to focus on the problem. And as I said earlier, whatever you focus on, you magnify in your mind. I mean, think about it. When you face a problem, if that's all you think about, all you talk about, it's going to just get bigger and bigger in your mind. And it's not that the problem isn't real. It is real. But we empower it. And if we realize, as I've already said, that it's not bigger than God, compare, God looks at it, doesn't see it as such a big problem. Like a little child who gets a splinter and he comes screaming, oh my gosh, my life's all going to end. It's a splinter. I don't mean to diminish the problems we face because they're real. To us, they're frightening. Sometimes they are huge compared to us. But we know that he's bigger, and we know that his grace is sufficient. He said, come, and Peter came. And then he 
He reached down to rescue him, and then he put him in the boat. And when Jesus got into the boat, what happened to the wind? It stopped. What does that tell you about allowing God's presence and acknowledging him in your life? What does that do to the storm? It turns it into peace. And isn't that what we need as much as anything is the peace of God to calm those fears of what is happening, what might happen. When we have more questions than answers, we know when we don't know what the answer is, we still know who the answer is, right? No matter what may come your way, because there will be problems. There's no question about it. God's called me to move several times in my life. And most of the time it was moving to go to school to finish my education for ministry or moving to a new ministry position. And I've lived in several different states and moved across the country in a few different times. And it's frightening to uproot and move. It's out of my comfort zone. I remember in times when he called me like to go to school somewhere and leave my family and go and I didn't have a job yet. <coughs> but I knew that he was going to go with me. And I knew it was him that was calling me. And so I had a peace about that. He's always taken care of me. Was it always nice and smooth? No. No, no, no. No, absolutely not. Were there problems? You better believe it. Did he ever let me down? No. Did I ever face a problem bigger than him? No. Did he ever leave me? Absolutely not. Was his grace always sufficient? Yes. Always. Always. Was he there for me when I turned my back on him? Did he still reach down to pull me up? Yes, he did. And that's the God we serve who loves us. Problems will come. That doesn't mean you're outside of the will of God. Yes, you should examine your heart and see, well, maybe, you know, am I doing something that's making this worse? But problems just come because we live in a fallen world. He may call you into what seems to be insecure waters. He may call his church to step outside your comfort zone. I don't know what God has in store. I know he's got big plans for you, whatever that is. And I don't pretend to have an inside track to what that looks like. I don't know. But I want to challenge you to be open to whatever he has for you. And if that means stepping outside of what you thought this church should be, hear me now. Sometimes we just have to lay that on the altar. If it doesn't fit with our preconceived ideas of what we think God should do with my life or what we think God should do with this church, sometimes we stop listening. And we need to reexamine that often. God, I might be wrong. Wow, really? Yeah, really. Help me hear from you. Help me hear a new message from you. And to learn and to grow and to be willing to be whatever you want me to be. He said, my grace is sufficient. And we can say, I'll go if you'll go with me. And we'll know that he will go with you. Someone said their favorite scripture verse, and it was a play on the King James Bible. He said his favorite scripture verse was it came to pass because it didn't come to stay. Well, that's not great interpretation of the Bible, but it is an interesting application. And it is true. 
that all of our problems are temporary. No matter what you face or will face, it's temporary. Understand that. Know that. Realize that. You will face difficult days. You will. But you can face them unafraid, with confidence, with peace, with faith, because you can know Jesus is always with you. He's bigger than all of your problems. And he will never lead you where his grace will not sustain you. Would you stand with me? As the praise team comes, I want to ask you just to, to bow your head and just... A question I often challenge folks to, to ask when I preach is is a prayer, asking God, Father, what do you want me to do as a result of what you have said to me today? It's not so much what this preacher says because the Spirit of God speaks his message to you personally. He knows exactly what problems you're facing. I have virtually almost no idea of. What does he want you to do? Would you just ask him that? Father, what is it you want me to do as a result of what you're saying to me today? And just listen. He'll speak to your heart. And then just obey. Heavenly Father, thank you for the victory that is ours through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the truth of your word. And let it go forth in our lives. And I pray that you would just use this church and bless this church. In Jesus' name. Hey guys, first off, I just want to say thank you for joining us today for the sermon. And uh, whether you're somebody that's come to our church or you're somebody that lives locally, you go to another church, maybe you don't even live here. Um, I just want I just want to say first and foremost, thank you for joining us. And uh, I want to encourage you to, to respond in some way today because, you know, when we hear a sermon, when we read the Bible, when we, um, whatever it may, may be, the point of that is... Um, for God to speak to us in some way, shape, or form. And so, if you are a Christian, um, you've been a seasoned Christian, you know the Lord already, then the way that we can respond is just by, you know, asking Him, God, what do you want me to do with the convictions that you're giving me uh, based on this sermon, the way that you're speaking to me? What do you want me to do? And then respond to that. Maybe it's an area of your life that you've been holding on to um, and, and you haven't been giving it to Him. And I want to encourage you to give that to Him and step out in faith. Or maybe if it's, um, you know, some unbelief that you've had and, and God has really convicted you of some things. Um, you know, whatever it may be for you, it's different for everyone. I want to encourage you to respond to God and, and step in His direction. And, and the other thing too is if, if you are somebody that maybe you've listened to this and you've never responded to that gospel message, you've never been, been impacted by that gospel message, but now something is happening, God is kind of stirring in your heart and in your mind a little bit, then I want to encourage you to step out in faith, respond to that gospel message. And throughout the book of Acts, um, Acts tells us our history as a church. Uh, it shows us that you know, what that response looks like. So number one is to repent. And this word repent, all that means is just to turn from, you know, our sinful ways, our sinful desires, you know, turn from making ourselves God and all these other things in life, God, and turn to God and just give Him our life. Um, and, and then on top of that response, after the repentance, there comes something else. And it's called baptism. 
And, and baptism is so key. It's so important. It's seen all throughout um, that book and Acts and, and the importance and significance of it. Um, it's the symbol of death to the old self and then um, birth to uh, this new life in Christ and we're, 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 uh, we die with Christ to the old self and we are raised with Christ to, to walk in this new life and it's a command from Jesus so I want to encourage you if you have made that commitment to Christ if you've stepped out uh, and you are wanting to follow Christ then I want to encourage you to take that next step and be baptized somewhere whether it's if you have a local church that you want to go be baptized at I encourage you to do that um, if you don't have a church we would love to be able to celebrate that with you um, here but I encourage you first and foremost to do that to to talk with someone um, to get counsel on what this means to seek discipleship as well so um, I encourage you to do those things we would love to talk with you we are praying for you I want you to know that you were loved and you were prayed for so if you're ready to take that next step in your relationship with Christ um, and if you want to take that next step with us, then we, are, we, we would welcome you with open arms. And so there's some links that we're going to provide below for you. Uh, please check that out. Um, and again, if you, if you have any prayer requests, um, please contact us. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to talk with you. And we're excited about taking this next step with you.